Whether you want to travel more or communicate better with international clients, you need to try Babbel. I've used Babbel's courses and you can do the same in order to learn real life conversation skills in a different language, order food, ask for directions, or speak to clients without having to use translation apps. Right now, get 60% off your Babbel subscription. This is only for our listeners at babbel.com slash freelance. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash freelance, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L.com slash freelance. Rules and restrictions apply. When you wake up in the morning and check your phone, does it feel like this or like this? Because with Shopify, your morning can feel like this way more often. That's the sound of a sale being made on your new Shopify store. And while client payments may require weeks or months of work, you can start generating a semi-passive income to grow your business by setting up a Shopify store all of your own. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. Whether you're selling your latest designs on shirts or bags or adding something totally different to your business, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. You can sell online, you can sell in person, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. With Shopify, you can set up your store in minutes and start selling immediately. And Shopify's award-winning support is there to help you as you go. Sign up for a $1 per month trial at shopify.com slash freelance. That's all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash freelance to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash freelance or click the link in our show description and start waking up to this. Hey everybody, uh, it's Preston here, founder of Milo, and uh, before we jump into our show, Freelance to Founder, today I wanted to quickly let you know about another podcast we're working on. We're currently about to launch season two of our other podcast, SideGig, and SideGig is a three-person talk show between me and two of my good friends, Ryan and Ian. All three of us have built successful side businesses all while working a nine-to-five job, and we have some really insightful conversations about what it takes to start and grow and even scale your side business to potentially support you full-time. If you're interested in starting a side business or maybe you're working on one right now, this show is definitely for you. You can check it out at sidegigshow.com where you can uh, subscribe to get the latest episodes right in your inbox. You can also find a link to iTunes and Pocket Cast there. Sidegigshow.com has all the details that you need uh, to listen to our new podcast, Sidegig. So my biggest focus when I started Design Cuts was um, engagement. I didn't care about traffic because I'd done the thing where I got 100,000 people or 500,000 people and none of them really cared that much and none of them really bought that much. So it, that wasn't a full flourishing business model. And I learned that traffic and, and those vanity metrics are actually meaningless and just put engagement above everything else. From Milo, it's Freelance to Founder, where we tell the real stories of solopreneurs who've scaled their businesses to something much bigger than themselves. I'm your host, Brandon Hull. In this episode, we talk to Tom Ross, founder of Design Cuts, a fantastic marketplace for graphic designers. Design Cuts provides ready-to-use assets, including font packs, graphics, and entire design bundles, plus a unique community for designers as well. They also provide numerous how-to lessons through their website and a highly popular YouTube channel. You can find them at designcuts.com. We're going to take a walk through Tom's early life and then learn some big lessons in hearing how he moved from freelancer to business builder with tens of thousands of paying customers. 
But first, a word from our sponsor. Season 3 of Freelance to Founder is sponsored by FreshBooks, the number one invoicing software for freelancers and solopreneurs. FreshBooks recently released some major updates to better help you scale your business. From super fast invoice creation to automatic client reminders and lots of other cool features, FreshBooks is the number one choice for lots of our listeners and readers. In fact, this season you'll hear from freelancers and solopreneurs just like you who have used FreshBooks to manage and scale their business. Real people who are running real businesses and using FreshBooks to do it. To try the all-new FreshBooks free for 30 days, visit freshbooks.com FTF and enter FTF in the How Did You Hear About Us section. Have you ever noticed that many of the problems people calling with on this show can be solved by hiring someone? Sometimes you need a full-fledged team, other times maybe just a simple assistant or an expert in something you're not great at. Whatever your reason for hiring, we recommend you take a look at LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. As you may know already, LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion professionals, which makes it the best place to hire. It gives you access to professionals you can't find anywhere else. And LinkedIn Jobs makes the process of finding the perfect teammate easy and intuitive. Hiring is always easy when you have access to so many quality candidates. So easy, in fact, that 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours when using LinkedIn Jobs. I've used it myself, and it was so simple. In fact, I've made multiple hires using LinkedIn Jobs, and did I mention, by the way, it's free to business owners like me and you. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash freelance. That's linkedin.com slash freelance to post your job for free or click the link in our show description. Terms and conditions apply. You know, working from home is mostly great, but there are some days when I realize I haven't left my house or even my chair like all day. Have you been there? Getting outside to exercise or making a trip to the gym are just harder now that my office is just a flight of stairs away. If you're stuck in the same rut as me, then you should try Hydro. That's H-Y-D-R-O-W. With the Hydro rower and 20 minutes a day, getting a full body workout is so much easier. Hydro can work up to 86% of your muscles in just 20 minutes for an insane effective home workout. That's because Hydro pairs the effectiveness of rowing with the power of technology to connect you with over 5,000 video trainings, classes, and workouts. And get ready to get out from behind your home desk because after a few months of daily rowing with Hydro, your partner's going to want to take you out for a night on the town to show you off. This spring, join the growing rowing community at Hydro. Head over to Hydro.com and use code FREELANCE to save up to $400 off your Hydro. That's H-Y-D-R-O-W.com and promo code FREELANCE to save $400. Hydro.com, promo code FREELANCE, or just click the link in our show description. In 2010, Tom Ross finished his English literature degree at St. Andrews University. That is Scotland's oldest university, dating back to 1410, exactly 700 years prior. Names like John Napier, John Stuart Mill, and even Rudyard Kipling spent formative years of their lives on that campus. Meanwhile, Tom's vision of what he could do with his life formed a bit before his time at that historic university, and it came into clarity a few years afterwards. But honestly, it wasn't all that impacted by those popular writers. His early life was pretty easy and straightforward, and he was on cruise control for years before finally realizing his future was in his hands and no one else's. Tom's father was an entrepreneur. His mom ultimately stayed at home. 
I would say um, growing up, I I came from quite a, a lucky background, really. Uh, my dad is actually an entrepreneur himself, and his business is I think 26 years old now. And he's always he's kind of sold everything, but he, he's done stuff like printers and photocopiers. They dabbled in mobile phones when they came out, and and computers and that kind of thing. And my mum, she had various kind of cool jobs um, growing up before she had me, um, including a few failed business ventures. So I think perhaps the entrepreneurial life wasn't really for her. But then she uh, she just loved being a mum. So she she stayed at home. She brought up myself, my my younger brother Jack. As I say, I, I feel very lucky with my background. Really, it, it was in a nice part of the world in in the UK. There's no kind of uh, rags to riches. Story, I'm afraid no Oliver Twist. Despite his father's entrepreneurial life, Tom didn't really pick anything up from him that was overly productive. <laughs> Not to be detrimental towards him, but I would say I didn't actually pick that much up from him growing up because it, he almost kept it quite separate. So he would have his family life with us. He wouldn't really bring work home with him too much. Um, if he did, it would often be the more negative stuff. So if it was stressful or perhaps not going so well in certain windows, there were several lessons along the way where I think possibly I, I've been able to learn from some of his mistakes. Um, I, I think it's amazing what he's built, but I do look at certain things and think, oh, maybe if he had a pivoted quicker there or jumped on that opportunity. And, and he's been quite candid and forthcoming sharing those with me as well. So I'd say I've almost learned more from his mistakes. Um, and that isn't to say he's a failed businessman. I mean, he's created this thing that's lasted 26 years. It's, it's been incredible, but everyone makes mistakes along the, the way. And I think those are really what he's been the most willing to share with me. What did he see in himself at a young age? This is something I do think about because I haven't got kids now, but um, hopefully I will have in the future. And I'm already thinking, what traits am I going to see in them, which might be clues that they're going to become an entrepreneur? And the biggest one I saw in myself was the capacity to stick with something. And that's not to say, for example, my brother, you know, very hardworking and so on, but we would go and build a tree house in the garden or do some kind of project like that. And my friends and my brother and everyone around me would always get bored quicker and, and they'd quit. And I would just keep going with it and keep going with it. And, and now I look back and, um, just consider it. I'm like that was probably the biggest clue it's, it's just consistency right it's the classic thing people start a blog and two months later they haven't really got traction so they give up and that has been the biggest I think innate quality that's been with me since childhood that's really helped me on the entrepreneurial scene Tom grew up with his younger brother Jack they both went to St. Andrews and as they approached the end of their schooling they were faced with what to do next I remember we were both out of university and we were kind of reaching that point of like, are we, are we going to have to settle and go get a job, which we don't like? And it was getting to that point where money was getting quite tough for us. And I remember having the conversation with him because I love the whole entrepreneurial thing of going after your true passion. You know, that's what we all live, right? So I, I remember trying to encourage him just to hold on that little bit longer. And he ended up going for this job and I think 550 people applied. So yeah, out of all these people, he ended up landing the job. And for the initial part, because of the salary, he, you know, he was kind of poor. He couldn't really do a lot. And now he's risen up so fast within the company because he, he's very good at what he does. All his coworkers I've spoken with look up to him. 
they say like he's going to end up owning the company at this rate and he's just doing incredibly well and is now seeing the world and has this incredible career. Meanwhile, Tom had a different path in mind. Um, so out of university, bearing in mind at this point, I'm a grown man. I should have got my act together, but instead I got a great group of friends and proceeded down the pub six nights a week. That, that was not um, helped by the fact that I had a blog which was bringing in essentially passive income. So if I had nothing, that would have lit a bit of a fire underneath me. Oh, I need to go get a job. I need to make money. But I was living with parents still, and I had just enough money to kind of fund the social life. And I was kind of comfortable. I mean, I, I was broke, but comfortable. I had just enough money, but not any more to do anything with. But eventually, as I got older, suddenly it, that became tougher and tougher. And so it was around this time, and I had several conversations with my dad, where I got the very obvious <laughs> revelation of, oh, wow, the uh, rest of my life depends entirely on me. No one is going to help me. I need to get my stuff together here. <laughs> Um, and, and that might sound like the most obvious thing in the world, but I think I wouldn't class myself as like a spoiled rich kid or anything. But I think when you've come from like a middle class, uh, comfortable background, you don't really have that fire in the belly until you need it. And it was only at that point where I, it really hit me like a ton of bricks. I was like, wow, this is all on me. And I knew I aspired to a certain kind of lifestyle. I, I knew that, you know, I liked good food and I'd gone to some nice hotels growing up. I, I knew I wanted all that stuff. And suddenly it occurred to me, I was like, I'm the only one that is going to be responsible for that. I need to get my stuff together. And so almost overnight, I became a workaholic. So let's back up for a minute here. The reality is Tom barely ever held a real job. He worked for about three weeks at a supermarket. That's it. Other than that, during his university years, he dabbled in internet marketing projects, he built websites and such, and made enough money to have some fun, but nothing big. So this is where I get to be slightly ashamed, but I did the classic post-graduation um, act like a bit of a bum thing. Uh, if I'm being completely honest, and this is not something I've talked about a whole lot. And the reason I'm ashamed is because I feel like I'm not a thoroughbred entrepreneur. I think I always had entrepreneurial tendencies. I always dabbled in this stuff. But when you look at I don't know, people like Gary Vaynerchuk, where they're like, I was 11 years old with a lemonade franchise and all that kind of stuff. And there's, there's, there's a lot of stories like that. Um, but for me, it was always something I was dabbling in. I naturally gravitated towards. I spent a lot of time learning the ropes, which did come and benefit me later. But I never really took it seriously enough. I think I enjoyed having a life too much and having a youth too much. And maybe there's nothing wrong with that. He joined Fizzle, the paid community you may be familiar with. We had Fizzle founders Chase Reeves and Corbett Barr on at the end of season two. He took notes on how and why that community worked and he put it to use. So I spent a good year or two, uh, and I've been naturally gravitating in this direction anyway, figuring out the human way to do it. And it's like, actually, this is everything that I wanted to do. I just thought it couldn't work. Previously, I'd also I'd done a, a fan site for one of my favorite bands, and, and that had a forum on it. It had a message board, and it was this tiny, obscure little fan site on the internet. But I fostered such a sense of community there the forum ended up having a quarter of a million posts on it which is saying that were like individual members who had 10,000 posts uh, just one person they they spent their life on there literally like morning until night they were just all chatting on there and posting on there and I remember thinking at the time this is awesome this is what I enjoy doing 
this is really, really fun building this, this community. Coming up, Tom puts all that he's learned from experience and his time as a Fizzle member to use in starting his own unique online business. After the break, you'll hear what Tom says about how he launched Design Cuts when he knew it had grown beyond his own ability to handle it as a one-man business and how he leads his company today. Season 3 of Freelance to Founder is sponsored by FreshBooks, the number one invoicing software for freelancers and solopreneurs like me, you, and Patricia. My name is Patricia LaCroix. I'm from Chicago. My company is LaCroix Creative. Before switching to FreshBooks, Patricia's invoicing process was a complete nightmare. Before switching to FreshBooks, I was just using a planner to keep track of my hours. And then I'd use a calculator and an InDesign document to invoice people. And I have to tell you, that was painful. If your invoicing process sounds a lot like Patricia's and you're ready to do it the right way, the headache-free way, then you can try the all-new FreshBooks free for 30 days by visiting freshbooks.com FTF and entering FTF in the How Did You Hear About Us section. This season is also sponsored by Storyblocks. Have you ever been in the middle of a client project, your client has gone over scope and over budget, and getting the right visual elements for the project will take some kind of miracle? Well, Storyblocks brings you over 400,000 photos, vectors, textures, and icons, all for one super low annual price. Plus, for Freelance to Founder listeners, you'll get seven days free by visiting storyblocks.com founders. That's seven days free access to almost half a million quality photos, vectors, textures, and icons. Visit storyblocks.com slash founders. Now enjoy the rest of this episode of Freelance to Founder. Well, I think I, I saw the opportunity in the market in that there was a market um, and that I didn't think anyone was doing a terrifically good job making quality design assets accessible. So simple as that, really. I remember growing up, I remember wanting certain assets and then being prohibitively expensive. Welcome back to the show. I'm Brandon Hull. So I left you in the hands of Tom Ross. He had just launched Design Cuts and we're talking 2010 here. The site took off almost instantly. When this happens, when you've planned and executed your launch really well, what do you do when things grow rapidly? That's what you're about to hear. So my biggest focus when I started Design Cuts was um, engagement. That was the thing I put top of the pedestal. So I didn't care about traffic because I'd done the thing where I got 100,000 people or 500,000 people and none of them really cared that much and none of them really bought that much. So it that wasn't a full flourishing business model. And I learned that traffic and, and those vanity metrics are actually meaningless. And on the back of that, when I started Design Cuts, I thought, I actually don't care if we have a smaller audience, but I want them to care. I want to deeply invest in the people. I want to put a, a ton of time and effort into building those relationships and just put engagement above everything else. So our entire focus was actually on providing great value, great products, and then going all in on treating our community exceptionally well. And as a result of that, they just spread the word far and wide. Now, before the break, Tom mentioned that he'd picked up on the idea of engaging a community 
after creating a fan site for one of his favorite bands. It was the forum in particular that took off with that website, and he loved how the members engaged with one another, not just him. A lot of online marketers will tell you to build an email list. While that's important, we've also had several guests on Freelance to Founder who've talked about contributing to or even building a community where people could interact with each other. They've launched businesses with that in mind. Put Tom in that group. Well, when we first launched, we had a pre-launch event. And I'd done a few of them before. Um, None to huge success, but I felt I'd learned enough of how it worked to do it quite confidently. And so that was really effective. So we had a bunch of content, freebies and stuff like that going out, building a bit of hype and awareness, um, pushing things on social. A few uh, friends and partners and other sites started picking up on that. So we launched hot. We didn't just launch to nothing. Uh, On the back of that, we didn't really have time to stop and create any real business plan. Um, I'll be happy to admit. we just worked unbelievably hard and truly it was word of mouth, which was the biggest driver. And along the way, that word of mouth would invariably lead to partnerships and people with their own communities sharing it. But quite often we would actually uh, just see um, sales spike up for a certain day and then we'd have to figure out, hold on, what happened there? And we'd eventually go, oh, okay, right. So that's because that guy over there shared it and he heard about it through word of mouth. And now we reach out and strike up a partnership with that guy and see if he'd do it again. Though early on, Tom didn't have specific internet marketers he admired or followed or patterned his approach after, he did have a few that he paid really close attention to. Jason Corbett from Fizzle, no surprise there, but there was one other. I also did consume a hell of a lot of Gary Vee um, before he blew up and the whole world knew him. It was uh, <laughs> back, back in his uh, earlier days. And he also talked a lot about engagement, about depth over width, and a lot of that stuff resonated with me. And and so that was really part of that formative stage where I was re-educating myself and learning how to do things properly and finally finding the people where it clicked. And I, I go, okay, what they're talking about makes sense instead of all the sleazy stuff, which I stumbled across before. Design Cut surged forward with quick success and differentiated itself on a gap that Tom saw in the market. It wasn't easy, though, obviously. Care about your customers. Very, very easy to say. But how about bleed out your eyes 18 hours a day, ensuring they all hear back? That's hard to do. Um, So it's marrying those simple concepts, which kind of make sense for every business, um, but backing them up with real action and heart and genuineness. There is a lot of stuff, to be honest, which I've picked up over the years. Um, I would say uh, do, as in take action, because nothing ever came from inaction. So you can learn along the way, you can make mistakes, but the key thing is just get out and do it. I, I think invest in your community and something which is very easy to say, very hard to do. That's one of the toughest parts of being a founder, making the tough gut-wrenching decisions, and many founders struggle with letting go of those reins. You build your little company into something that gets momentum, and eventually it requires more people beyond yourself, but you have trouble letting go. Yeah, so the first hire was customer service, because at this point, we were getting more and more and more emails coming in every day, and I just thought, I I need some help here. Um, And I think the reason we were quite slow to move on that hire was because truly I hadn't done it before and we hadn't really done it before most of the directors. So we were a bit trepidatious. 
it's also that thing where I was being a control freak because this was my baby. I had invested my heart, soul, and blood and sweat and tears in it. And so I didn't want to relinquish control and I didn't think anyone could do it better than me. Um, but yeah, we, we eventually bit the bullet and in true, uh, delegation form, as soon as you've successfully delegated, you think, how did I ever manage without that? And I would never go back in a million years. Tom sees that as one of the hardest parts of growing a company, getting the people part right. In every way imaginable. And I love my team, but people are hands down the toughest part of business. That's what every business owner will tell you. And it's completely accurate. It's so trial and error. There are just infinite possibilities of stuff that can go wrong. And I'm looking at the negative here. There's a ton of positive. Um, you know, you feel like you're growing a family. You look around and I don't want to sound patronizing towards my team, but they almost feel like your kids to some extent because you think like we're responsible for them like having this career now and it makes you feel really proud and and especially when you hire people who are great which we have and they're actually better than you i think the whole premise of that is why quite often founders will then hire a ceo right that happens that happens all the time it's because you mature as a company it goes beyond your original idealistic dreams and you go oh actually i need someone experienced to run this i like to think that i'm maturing with my company um so i, I do feel confident that for the next few years certainly i'll be able to keep spearheading that because i i'm not willing to sacrifice our values i'm not willing to sacrifice our attention to detail and going above and beyond for the customers and they, they would be very easy things to sacrifice at scale because you're focusing on the bigger picture. But I think the key is actually in those details. So I think really what is already moving and will continue to move is purely the the infrastructure and the data and all of that kind of bigger business stuff, just layering that on top of the solid foundation of values. And that's the story of Tom Ross, founder of Design Cuts, entrepreneur and community builder. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Freelance to Founder. Let us know what you thought of this episode over at Milo.co or even with an iTunes rating and review. We'd love your input. You can also catch up with me at Brandon Hull on Twitter. In our next episode, we bring you our most controversial guest yet. Russ Perry, founder and owner of Design Pickle. Like we're a different, whole different organization. And if there's one designer feeling sad about his life's decisions and attacking us, it's like, dude, you're picking the wrong fight. Like you need to be going after UI, mobile, strategy, VR, you know, programming design, like front end, like do all the millions of things that really are high level that you need to go after, not Facebook ad resizes. For all of us at Milo, thank you for listening. We'll catch you next time on Freelance to Founder.